0: indianapolis colts this is 96. one wsbt
1: south bend the
2: i'm greg caserta the maryland football program suffered a tragic loss when offensive lineman jordan mcnair passed away from complications caused by heat stroke on june 13th now a report shows that members of the maryland athletic training staff failed to quickly diagnose and properly treat the heat stroke symptoms of the 19 year old on may 29th the university system of maryland board of regents is also waiting on the results of a second investigation looking into allegations of verbal abuse and bullying within the football program top 25 finals from friday 10th ranked penn state scored five fourth quarter tds to pull away from illinois 63 24 and it's 16 straight wins for number 16 ucf
0: and mckenzie gonna throw us past the slant caught game davis touchdown gabriel davis Little push and shove in the end zone, but Gabriel Davis makes the catch. A touchdown for UCF. The Knights go on top, 41-23.
2: 56-36, the final over FAU. Mark Daniels on the UCF Sports Network. Six total touchdowns for QB Mackenzie Milton, three on the ground, three through the air. Washington State came up short against USC, 39-36. Baseball ball was flying on Friday night. The Guriel brothers became the first brothers in Major League history with multi-home run games on the same day. They both hit a couple in their respective games. Yuli had seven RBIs, a career high, and the Astros' 11-3 win against the Angels to punch their playoff tickets. Lourdes hit two solo shots in the Bla- in the Blue Jays' 11-3 loss against the Rays. Chris Davis whacked home runs 44 and 45 to add to his major league lead. The second one gave the A's a 7-6 win over the Twins in 10. 476th homer for Adrian Beltre. Pushed them past Stan Musel and Willie Stargell for 30th all-time. in the Rangers' 8-3, 7-inning win over Seattle. Red Sox hounded the Indians 7-5 to tie a club record with their 105th win. White Sox all over the Cubs 10-4. Brewers sunk the Pirates 8-3. Yanks beat Baltimore 10-8. Braves now 7 up on the Phillies after a 6-5 win. Magic number down to two with eight games left. The Nationals 4-2 losers against Jacob deGrom and the Mets. Cardinals trim the Giants 5-3. Rockies nip the D-back 6-2. How about Colorado one and a half back in both the division and the wild card? Padres clipped the Dodgers 5-3. Marlins snuck out a 1-0 win against the Reds in 10. Royals down Detroit 4-3. PGA Tiger Woods and Justin Rose are your leaders at minus 7 with two rounds to go at the Tour Championship. Rory McIlroy nipping at their heels at 5-under. I'm Greg Caserta. Scrap the honeydew list and listen to me. DA, Sunday morning football, tomorrow, 9 Eastern, right here, CBS CBS Sports Radio.
0: Our Notre Dame football Saturday continues with WSBT Game Day.
1: Here's your host,
0: Evan Sharpley.
1: Good morning. This is the Game Day Show on WSBT. I'm your host, Evan Sharpley, alongside Tim Growl. I hope you have your coffee. Notre Dame's off to a 3-0 record right now to start the season. They go on the road today to kick off against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons at noon, which means we're here at 8 o'clock. The story for Notre Dame so far on offense has been rather inconsistent. They're tied for 104th in the nation for points scored at just 23.3 points per game. Defensively, though, the Irish rank 63rd in yards allowed per game and sit 31st in the NCAA for points allowed with just 16.7. So with question marks surrounding the Irish pass offense, there are rumors circulating around that Brian Kelly may be starting Ian Book with Wake Forest rendering over 300 yards passing per game, which is bottom of the barrel at 120th in the nation so wake forest won their first two games of the season before losing 41 to 34 last week at the hands of boston college the demon Deacons stood toe-to-toe with the eagles but boston college quarterback anthony brown is a friend of brandon winbush coincidentally. um, Threw for 304 yards and five touchdowns in the game. Offensively though, Wake Forest a little more balanced. 214 yards through the air and then also rushed for almost 300 yards. So, Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman, he's 18th right now in the nation. Um, This is not including some games that were last night. Uh, 834 yards passing through the first three weeks but he has thrown five interceptions and as we've seen so far, Notre Dame's defense has been great taking the football away. They rank 50th in the NCAA with 36 points scored per game, but defensively they're giving up about 26 um their running back has gone for over 300 yards in the season and has picked up a couple of touchdowns um so what we're kind of looking at here for notre dame plays well to their strengths as far as what they're doing offensively what they're doing defensively notre dame's just giving up 107 yards rushing which is 26 in the NCA. with this balanced wake forest attack and notre dame's solid defense and we could throw in an up and down offense I'm looking for a low-scoring affair, but most people are predicting potentially a shootout. Tim, good morning. Good morning. You got morning. your
3: coffee? You feeling good? I'm drinking some water here right now.
1: Well, we're live right now from we the We are. WSBT I could studios. use some Fisher's tips and chips right now.
3: <laughs> Already. I I, I asked uh, Rob about that last week. Has he ever done uh, rib Brec- tips and Do they do eggs? breakfast,
1: like, yeah, right. like
3: a brunch? Yeah, absolutely. And he said he actually hadn't done that, but he's going to think about well, that. So. Maybe, or some of that Italian sausage and eggs, that'd be good,
1: Okay, too. and I, th- I think then there'd have to be some, like, potatoes in there, too.
3: Well, with you, that'd yeah. be a lot of potatoes.
1: Okay, a lot of potatoes. Probably I'd some almost, toast, too. I'm okay too? saying that. No, we could skip the toast. As okay. long as there's a lot of potatoes, some <laughs> eggs, and then I think I'd stick with the the the, the sausage links or the Italian you sausage. You could
3: create your own thing. What was, once again, that Hawaiian thing you had? What was that called? The loco Okay, so what, we have to figure out a name that you're going to call this well, barbecue. Well, does
1: doesn't, uh, Rob, doesn't he have, what's the... It's the special Italian oh, sausage the, with the... the
3: sloppy dog or
1: something
3: yeah, like that? Yeah. Yes. Wow, yeah. Man, I'm getting hungry right Look now. Look at All right. Hey, so, uh, you know, you talk about all those good points there about the, the game and everything. You talk about a low-scoring game. And I don't want to beat this thing about the quarterback, but obviously we got to talk about it because that's what everybody's talking about. So low-scoring game, does that add into why we think there might be a change to up they think they got to outscore them but but although you think it might be a lower scoring game
1: well based on what the Notre Dame offense has done so far I mean that's that's kind of why that's why I'm sticking with a lower scoring game until they prove me wrong Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure offensively if this is a team that's going to consistently score over 24 points I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing the way the defense has been playing um, getting off the field at times when they need to they did give up some yards the first couple of games were on the field a long time against ball state almost 100 plays um but they've been pretty timely at creating some turnovers in some key situations uh last week special teams played well aside from a long return and a missed field goal they were able to flip field position tyler newsom did a great job oh, average almost that 60 was yards unbelievable punting. display um, and, uh, and and then being able to make you know a nice return to, to flip field position there too. So I, I'm still I'm I mean I'm I'm very undecided because you have you have a defense that is struggling in Wake Forest, but you also have an offense for Notre Dame who hasn't put up big numbers right. yet. Um, especially in the side of points scored. And Brian Kelly mentioned that this week at his press conference was there's been steps in the right direction. Unfortunately, what they have, I mean, their red zone numbers are down a little bit. They don't have as many explosive plays. Um, So, you know, (laughs) I think he described it following the game as this might be a grinded out type of team throughout the entire season. So you may see some lower scoring affairs. Um, no one, you know, five years down the road is really going to care what the score is as long as Looking you win. Looking
3: at that schedule. That's right. um,
1: in, in the moment right now, you may be loading up on some Tums or other anti-acid pills <laughs> while you're watching the game. Um, but, you know, you're still at the, at the end of the day going to take a win regardless of how ugly or pretty that win is.
3: And we can all agree the Notre Dame quarterback position gets the scrutiny. I mean, that's just what everybody looks like. But we can agree that there's some areas that are not giving him the support. We've got some offensive line that's still a little inexperienced, got better last week. Um, Running, we still don't have a running back that's really come forward, although Tony Jones had a good game uh, last week. And then our receivers are still continuing to drop some uh, balls, and I don't know what you see in analyzing the game, but I've been told some of them aren't running the right routes at times. I don't know if that's a communication issue, but it's not just all on the quarterback. But obviously, that's what gets the most scrutiny.
1: Yeah, when it's when things are good, though, <laughs> then everyone loves you, and when things aren't going very well, then everyone's pointing the finger there. And the the buck does start and stop at the quarterback position because you know ultimately you're you're counted on to get your team into the into the right calls, um, into the right plays. Um, but no, it's, it's not, it's not all on, on Brandon Winbush and two months ago in fall camp when Brian Kelly said that both guys were going to play, um, or kind of alluded to that, I, I, I really predicted and I anticipated this type of happening, (laughs) switching in and out. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised one, one minute. Are there some spots maybe you're scratching your head? You know when we're talking about the the white zone or the blue zone and the red zone on on when a quarterback's going to come in versus when he's going to come out. But you know the coaches, it it appears to me, are pretty specific on the roles that they're assigning to these guys. At least so far, you know, three games in. Will that change today? It it very well may. Um, You know, depending on how the game flow goes, has been one aspect that Brian Kelly has talked about as far as play call for Chip Long, uh, personnel for Chip Long. With, you know, specifically at the quarterback position. But, you know, for this team offensively to take steps forward, um, and you mentioned that it's not all on the quarterback, it's it's looking at some other areas. And, and, and those guys are watching film, and they're trying to get things, um, you know, rectified as well. You know, you look at the offensive line, and it's maybe not set enough. You have a new coach, which, um, you know, there's you have a guy who, Harry Heastand, um who had been with Brian Kelly for quite a long time had developed some really good talent. Um, right. And, and that's not to say that there's a drop off in in the in the coaching staff now or in that meeting room, but that's still a pretty big change. Um, we and don't he even
3: lost nec- too big, right? We don't it's even necessarily we
1: don't even necessarily say that, that that's a hole that is needing to be replaced, but it's a change. I mean, it's sure. a big change. You mentioned the two. I mean, I, I think it was the first time that there were two offensive linemen from the same team drafted in the top ten ever. Um that's that's pretty special that's pretty unique. Um so the talent that's that's replacing those guys really good. I've seen these guys play in high school. I've seen them in practice. <clears throat> They're going to continue to get better, but it's still a new experience for for Liam Eikenberg. Robert he played a little bit last year but and for the li- is, mm-hmm. for the line as a whole I mean you're working really with an entire new crew of guys in different in different pieces and it'd be easy to say okay we should we're just going to plug in and go but it, it it's going to take way. a little it's going to take a little bit of time and that that's And we've seen
3: progress. Yes. They played better you know, last week. They
1: have. They've got they've gotten better and, and I mean you play Michigan who arguably is going to have one of the best top you know or front seven you know players defensively you're challenged right off the bat now the one i think to me was a surprise was what ball state did (laughs) i mean they had a good game plan but man they played really well um at the line of scrimmage and i think it was a little bit you you almost expected to get beat a few times against michigan but i think ball state was a wake-up call and look so how many were,
3: points Indiana scored on him. Yeah,
1: I mean, there was <laughs> there was certainly a step forward taken last week. <clears throat> Granted, it still was only a five point victory. You'd like to score more touchdowns, uh, but I think that the offensive line they took they took. Steps forward, they're trending in a positive direction, um, which is going to help this offense. Now you've got now you've got to that you know the discussion is what's going to happen in this running back room. You know Dexter Williams coming back here right. uh, fairly soon, um, and then some receivers are going to have to step up. Um, we haven't really seen a proven deep threat yet. Um,
3: which there. was supposed to be one of Brandon's biggest strengths is to get that ball down the field. Right, so the
1: and, and and there, you know, there there have been some drops. You mentioned those. There mm-hmm. have been some drops, but it's you know it's it's both. Um, you know, it's 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 putting the ball in the right position, getting it in the right spot, getting the ball out on time, um, and then obviously you have to execute and, and make some make some catches uh, for your quarterback. The, the easy ones you need to make sure that you're making, and then at times you're going to have to make some that are pretty special, too.
3: Tim Growl, Evan Sharpley, and WSBT's Game Day from the WSBT Studios in Mishawaka. So do you think there's going to be a flip-flop as far as uh, it was Brandon down the field and then Ian Book? in at the white zone, red zone, <laughs> orange zone, whatever it is. And then uh, now maybe it's gonna be the other way around that the uh, book's gonna pass us down the field and then we're gonna put the Brandon in the red zone. Well, what's, I, I I don't, I wouldn't
1: foresee that. I mean, if if the package has been for Ian Book to be the blue zone, you know, red zone, white zone quarterback.
3: I have to stand up. That's awful patriotic, i have to stand <laughs> I up. I said, I said yesterday too. Um,
1: I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's one of those things that could it happen. I, I'm not going to be surprised by any rotation at this point. Um, you know, Brian Kelly has, has has proved that in any situation, and this is dating back to Ever Golson, Tommy Reese. It, it dates back to his time at Cincinnati and before that too. Right. Um, you know, there if there's an opportunity where he feels that somebody else is going to give the team a better opportunity of making plays. Um, and score points, then he's gonna do it. I, the reason I would be surprised with that is because of what's been explained up to this point, that that's been the package that Ian Book has excelled. Going under center, play action, moving the pocket, handing the football off um, when, when necessary. Um, so I would be really surprised. W-
3: I mean, I've- <laughs> So you think it's gonna be a going flip-flopping series then? That Rand is gonna come well, in a series, if, Ian's if,
1: gonna- be a- if, Ian, if Ian truly is starting today, I think he's on the field the whole drive. Um, where, I, where I could see Brandon Winbush coming in maybe in a specific down and distance situation. Um, and and h- however that looks, I don't, I don't know. A, a lot of this is going to be predicated on how Ian Book plays. Right, <laughs> I mean, sure. I and mean, I was asked yesterday on, on the lunchtime show with Sean Stiers, if Ian Book starts this game, does he start against Stanford too? And I said, yes. I said, if if he starts against Wake, he's going to start against Stanford. But I hedged my bets and I said, he's got to play well. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think what what this offense is searching for, and it's a coaching term, they're searching for consistency. Um, so far, you've seen a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys. Um, you know, what what Brandon Winbush has, what he did last year running the football was tremendous. The question mark has been is there the ability to pass for 60 to 65% completion rate and do that every single game and so far this year it's been a lot of the same it's been about 50 to 55% right. which is the same numbers that were that were that he executed last year so I think he has the ability and the talent to do it. Uh, you know, at times the wide receivers that ha- haven't helped him out, he's been pressured on um, almost 40, few, 40, right. 47% of his passes last year. That number was at about 35%. So there's been a spike in pressures um, tremendously from from a year ago, which which makes a big difference. So today I think is going to tell us a lot about how Brian Kelly sees this offense moving forward, but I don't think it's going to be an end product. I, yeah. think gonna two, I think we're going to continue. I think we're going to continue to see two quarterbacks. Yeah. We may see a streak where Ian Book starts a couple of games, then Brandon Winbush comes back and he starts a couple of games. And this was this was my exact prediction before the season. Sure, you but know,
3: not anything that a quarterback really likes. No,
1: oh, no, this has got to be brutal. Right. It's it's not great. Um, and, and I joke all the time on you know with the two quarterback situations, and we're seeing a, a few others outside of Notre Dame this year. Um, if you look at if you look at Georgia, you have two guys playing. Granted, they've been taking care of business, but you have Jake Fromm and um, Josh Fields um, Clemson. both playing. Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. you know, a young quarterback, he's been in the mix, and then you've got Alabama doing it too. So, it, can it be done? It, it, most, it most definitely can. You know, the problems arise when when one's not playing well, and the other thinks they should be in, or if you lose, and that same thought starts to creep in too, as you know, I can do a better job. in in the role that I'm not currently in. So those are things that the coaching staff has to make sure that they're communicating with the quarterbacks but with the team at large too because like it or not, the quarterback position is the the position that everyone's looking at and it's a leadership position by default because you're touching the football every single play and you're the guy that's calling it.
3: It's uh, been it's befuddling, and it's on a national discussion or whatever. I, I was talking to a guest late last night that I wanted to have on today, day, but he couldn't because his daughter's getting married today, and he's been on the staff of two different coaching thing, coaching teams in the college, and the first thing he said was when he was getting ready to hang up, he said, no, Tim, don't hang up yet. And I said, what is that? And he goes, what's going on with the quarterback thing at Notre Dame? And he couldn't quite understand You mean he anything. wasn't
1: asking about what, why is the offensive line rotating like nope. this, or how come we've – how come – His biggest thing was <laughs>
3: – when Bush has such high proficiency in the red zone, why are you taking them out in the red zone?
1: Yeah, and I mean, if, if you if we rewind back to a year ago, you know, fourteen touchdown runs, um, another sixteen through the air. How many of those were in the red zone? And I know quite a few of them, a high percentage, and I need to look for sure on what that percentage was, and if we include the passing side mm-hmm. too, there were a large number of of red zone scores accounted for by number seven last year.
3: Yeah, I think if Eric Hansen, the football insider for the South Bend Tribune last night on uh, Sports Beat, if I remember his statistics correctly, he did research that, that there was only two times that he didn't make it in from the red zone. And one was we took a knee during, I think, the game late in the game. We didn't want to run up the score. So there was only one time, I don't remember how, how many, I want to say out of 14 or something, that he was unsuccessful. Oh my goodness, that's well, I, unbelievable. I, I,
1: I know. I mean, red, red. So far, three. You now, granted, we're three games in. The red zone numbers right now have declined as far as scoring is concerned from a year ago. But a year ago was it was top of the. I mean, it was off the charts. Right. What this touchdowns was, versus field goals well yes it, but just scoring in general okay. too. you know if, if they were getting in that in those zones they were putting points on the board but mm-hmm. a high a high high percentage of those were touchdowns
3: right right well let's take a little break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about that but we've got other elements of the team we need to discuss and not all on quarterback this is game day on wsbt one wsbt
2: may i have your attention please this is tim mccarthy for the indiana state police you're listening to WSBT, your radio home for Notre Dame football. The game day show
1: is brought to you by Budweiser. Great times are waiting. Grab some buds. Carmela's at McCree's, your post-game dining destination, and McCree's Italian bakery for all your tailgating needs. Eddie Street Commons at Notre Dame, come dine, shop, and enjoy the merchants at Eddie Street Commons. And Edward Jones making sense of investing. Contact Terry Clark in South Bend or Matt Carroll in Mishawaka.
3: That's Evan Sharpley. I'm Tim Growl. We're getting ready for the Fighting Irish and the Demon Deacons today. Kickoff shortly after 12 o'clock. ABC, Evan, is that, I think, who it's on today? Sure. Sure. Okay. It's on the TV. It's on one of those uh, (laughs) channels. Uh, Is there any other big games? There was a late game last night. I was going to stay up and watch it, and I guess I saw a highlight that uh, Southern Cal uh, blocked the field goal at the end of the game and preserved their win over Washington State. You didn't stay up for that, did you?
1: I was awake. I didn't watch it.
3: You had some high school games going on last oh, night. How, how'd your quarterbacks all do last night?
1: They're all the best.
3: All right. We had some really yeah. There's some good. There's no nobody changing positions or any. No, no. Rotating the quarterbacks. There were some good there
1: were some no, really, were some really games. You know, uh, St. Joe played played Penn tough yesterday. Mishawaka went down to the wire with Elkhart Central. Um, so there were there were some good games in the area. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's there's some good football being played in this area right now. I think from top to bottom. Um, you have some some pretty good teams in this conference right now, in, in the NIC. And um, there were some good games in the ALC last night too.
3: Yeah, one of my friends on Facebook last night he said, "Oh, what a flashback!" He said, "I remember watching Ron Paulus play at Notre Dame. Now I'm <laughs> now I'm at Penn Stadium watching Ron Paulus Jr. play in a RP three baby. Yeah, he have uh, how was his? No, last week he had an unbelievable. Yeah, game. he
1: played he played well again um, last night. Another another um, efficient night through the air. Um, you know, Penn they don't throw a bunch. They threw I think. 17 18 times last week they got close to that um again yesterday so throwing a little bit more i think than they have traditionally um but he did a nice job of 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 orchestrating that offense the big play and it's really how their team has played over the last five years has been making plays on special teams they blocked a punt right. which led to a touchdown so it was, it was a close scoring game um special teams i think kind of ended up sealing the deal but yeah uh Ron Paulus Jr. or no, the third played the pretty third. well, and then Ashton Roskowski for uh, for Saint Joe, really gritty Great. gutsy performance. Was playing with a separated shoulder. Oh my um, goodness! Yeah, played the whole game. He was 13 and 19. You know, threw for I think 170 yards or so, wow. a touchdown or two, and um, he he runs quite a bit as well. So. So a, a separated of shoulder.
3: I wonder if uh, Dr. Brian Radigan, our friend of our show. Well, Connor is, had is, Connor yeah.
1: had six catches. Did he? Um, and then Mark Stand is the left tackle uh, for, for St. Joe. So well, Brian, a lot of familiar names
3: there. Yeah, Brian uh, is usually our go-to guy at away games. And he told me he was going to stay in town for that. He's actually on a plane flight right now heading out to join the uh, join the team. But separated shoulder he was in on that so actually he's a nice guy i'm he's going to do my rotator cuff surgery here in in, in about a month you're going to be throwing 90 miles an hour so anyway uh let's do a little something different um we're going to do a little over under and this over under is going to lead us into a discussion on different elements of the team so i'm going to do an over under for wake forest and then notre dame and then we'll talk about the setup of what that makes so give me over under wake forest offensive plays of 80.
1: Over. Over. Right now, based on what the Notre Dame defense has done to this point and what Wake Forest offense has done to this point, I think Notre Dame's going to try to stay under 80, but I'm going to take the over on this.
3: And that leads to Notre Dame sacks three over under. I'll take over
1: I'll, okay. or I'll sit right around that three to four range. I think that they're going to be able to create some pressures up front. Um, and, I mean, bottom line, you know, getting the sacks are important, but this defense has done a pretty good job um, early on in this season in QB hurries, um, quarterback pressures, not necessarily high sack totals, um, but doing a good job of, of moving the quarterback out of the pocket.
3: I think we both said at the beginning of the season we thought this was the the deepest defensive team for depth we've ever had. Maybe. Obviously, it's going to start coming into play when you've got on all these teams that are running 80, 90 plays, which leads me to... How long can Coney and Tranquil keep playing every single snap of the well, game? Well, I
1: think that's the position that that is lacking experience and depth is the linebacker position. You've got Drew Tranquil, Tavon Coney, who have logged a, a bunch of snaps in three games. Now, you have to you have to really. Um, take your hat off to this strength and conditioning staff, what Absolutely. they've done in, in their short time there. I think that that's going to pay dividends. I don't think we're going to know yet, Tim. I think, you know, ask me that question come November.
3: When we had the normal, typical November swoon, we're probably not going to have and, that,
1: right? And, and especially the way that this this schedule plays out where there's also with that in playing games, there's going to be a lot of travel involved. Oh, right. Um, you know, coast. Go, coast. Go, yeah, going to mm-hmm. New York, um, going out to uh, California. You know, playing a game in Chicago, uh, there's there's going to be there's going to be some challenges as far as how how the body is going to be able to recover. So I think right now it's going to be okay. Certainly, you don't want to be on the field for 97 to 100 plays, so that's got to change. What is great, you know, if we're talking outside of that linebacker position, there's a really good rotation developing right now in the defensive line. You have a lot of guys that n- not only not only are playing but have played. Previously, so we're not talking about guys that are brand new. We're talking about guys that have logged experience last year, the year before. There's some veterans in that group, but there's young players who um, were in the rotation a year ago that you know were able to um, get some some really good. I guess valued experience where it wasn't mop up time. It was in some, you know, some critical points. So I think that bodes well moving forward. Um, I think if, if, if they stay healthy, um, if there aren't any injuries on the defensive line, I think that if you ask me the same question in November, I think you're still set up to be playing you know, playing very sure. well on the offensive and defensive line there. And then if you look at this secondary, I mean, you've got a lot of guys stepping up. Um, Jalen Elliott had a big game a couple weeks ago. Alohi Gilman um, is is continuing to impress. I really like his talent. I really like his skill set. You know, big play last week at the goal line, stripping the ball out was pretty impressive. And then if, if, if you're looking at what this... Granted, they gave up over 300 yards passing. And I really like... Uh, Shermer, I really like uh, Vanderbilt's quarterback. I think he was, you know, he was really poised in the pocket. Aside from sure one was. ill-advised throw mm-hmm. that was an interception, he did a nice job. But if if it wasn't for guys like Troy Pride and Julian Love, he might have thrown for 400. Because between those two guys, they had seven pass breakups. Julian Love right now is is leading the nation in number of pass breakups. He had two fumble recoveries, which is rare. (laughs) So there, there are some really good things that this defensive backfield is doing. I think, you know, you're getting some production at the safety position, which was a huge question mark the last few years. Um, there's, there's a level of confidence and you can see it in, in these guys' faces, the way that they're playing. And I like the leadership too. You know, if, if you looked and watched, uh, any of the post game player interviews, the last couple of weeks, the defense is, they're playing. They're they're playing pretty well. They're playing good. <laughs> they can be a lot better, and I think they know that too. Like if you look at uh, specifically Drew Tranquil, if you kind of look at and listen to what he says in his post game, oh, yeah. he's like, he, "They won. <laughs> they only give up 17 points." Mm-hmm. But they're upset that it you know right. that they gave up so many yards, or sure. there were those opportunities for for Vanderbilt, who did play really well. you know they made some adjustments and uh, for the first five drives, you know three and outs, and then they made some adjustments and they were able to move the football so I, I think the defense is in my mind is is what it's it's this team's identity. I think that they are they can go from good to great, I think they can do that. Um, but weekly, they're going to keep this football team in in games, even if the offense is not producing.
3: Isn't it refreshing though to have two of our areas that we used to be weaknesses, defensive backfield and a defensive line that now there are strengths. Recruiting
1: has has been great um, on the defensive side. There development has been really good, and I think too that you know the change in scheme and bringing Mike Elko in and now Clark Lee, um, you know, utilizing this four-two-five. And letting these guys play at a high level has been has been very very good for um, for the personnel that they have, and now they're very specific on the types of players that they go out and get.
3: That's Evan Sharpman, Tim Grell, WSPT's Game Day Show from the Mishawaka studios. How about Wake Forest combined offensive yards, four seventy five.
1: Ooh. Over under. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say under today.
3: Notre Dame interception fumble recoveries, two. That's a good number. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to say
1: I'm feeling good today, Tim. Let's go over on this one.
3: All right. So that those two things <laughs> lead me into a little discussion about... Nickelback. That seems like the reading that may might put five in the field because they've got a really good slot receiver. Um, so what are you what are you looking on that when you well, that's, analyze? That's
1: going to mean that Houston Griffin's going to be playing quite a bit with uh, Sean Crawford. You know, suffering another injury um, a few weeks back. So, you know, I, I think it plays to i think it potentially can play to notre dame's strengths but it's what wake forest does so um they've got some talent on the side there it's it's tough to when you go nickel you have to have a guy who is really good in coverage in space to to cover slot receivers Uh, but if you have some safety help over the top that's that's great to have in your back pocket guys like jalen elliott and alohi gilman that i mentioned already um you know I, i I, I think with question marks at the Rover position on kind of who that, who that is, you know, being able to um, put a guy like Houston Griffith in that position as the nickelback, I think will, we'll, it, it's going to be a good move and I think ultimately plays to where this, this defense could be very, very good and that's the defensive backfield.
3: Third down conversion. Wake Forest 50%. Under. Notre Dame third down conversion. 50%. <laughs> Under. <laughs> so, we're not going to be able to get them off the field, and they're not going to be able to get us off the field in third downs. Is that what you're looking no, at? No, I'm saying I'm saying that they
1: are going to get Notre Dame's off the field.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, the other way around. Right, yeah. okay.
1: So, s- kind of similar to last week. Um, I, well, no, I, th- I think, yeah, I think that... No, I mean, Notre Dame last week against Vanderbilt started the first, I think it was, I think the first five, they... Notre Dame got off the field defensively, and right. then uh, wake, or then Vanderbilt went on like a 8 out of 10. And then it was just the opposite for Notre Dame's offense, where they started fast, converting on third downs, and then it, it flip-flopped.
3: So you think by keeping their red zone defici- efficiency down or third down conversion down, is it going to be more of our offense keeping the ball more, or is it going to be our defense getting them out?
0: Well,
1: should we just look at the track record so far?
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm. Well, I'm wondering with Ian, is that. Do you think well, anything's going to change there?
1: It, could, it really could go. I mean, it could go two different ways. You know, you could, you could go four or five wide and spread it out mm-hmm. um, with Ian and, and chuck it, you know, 40 times. Uh, I, I went back and looked at what Chip Long did at Memphis with Riley Ferguson. Talked a little bit about this on a lunchtime show yesterday. And they went over 40 passes eight times. Um, his last year as the offensive coordinator at Memphis, yeah. and, and a couple getting close to 50. So, and and he's big on the RPO. The, the the running back had a lot of success, both you know catching the football and also running. Um, but they could Memphis their offense could hurt you in a lot of different ways. So I could see it going that way. Maybe even a more high flying, up tempo type of attack than we've seen in the first three games, or. We could see what Ian Book has done so far, which is two tight ends, sometimes an extra offensive lineman. Fullback? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have a fullback on the roster? Well, I think just, usually just, it's, a, it's a tight end that, that, that right. they use. Right.
3: We're, we're short of tight ends right. still in this so, game.
1: Um, or it could be that where it's more, you know, north, north downhill running um, and then play action uh, was something that, that, that was kind of a, a wrinkle that we saw last week. That was able to turn in some points um, and a touchdown pass for Ian Book. So I don't, I, we, the, re, and part of the reason we don't know is there's not a huge sample size for Ian Book outside of North Carolina last year and then the bowl game.
3: Sure. So
1: let's live, flip live a and coin. learn. Let's flip a coin and see what happens.
3: <laughs> All right. So to lead to the state of affairs for special teams, Notre Dame punning average, 48. Over under, and we know what he did last week.
1: I'm going to go with the over.
3: Yeah, what do he yeah. average? Fifty nine. Fifty nine point six. That's unbelievable. Was... What, what a, a potent weapon to change field position.
1: Yeah, he got the game ball. No, I'm, a- I'm a, I'm still a little. I don't know about that one. A game ball. Yeah, to the punter.
3: Yeah. Well, how about a punter being the cap, one of the captains? I'm okay with that. Okay. I, I, I
1: think Tyler's a great, a great leader.
3: Yeah. I've he's heard a lot interesting
1: of good things cat, about him. He's a, <laughs> he's a He's a type of dude, you know. Not
3: just you, his haircut, either. You could right? probably <laughs> sit
1: down and have, like, a three-hour conversation and, you know, not, it, not be dull. But you had a guy run for 118
3: yards. Tony Jones is probably like, man, what do I got to do to That's get a right. ball? <laughs> That's right. Northern field goals, two, over, under. Over. Over. So you're, we're thinking we're not going to get as many touchdowns Well, again? I'm working. I'm working
1: from the end <laughs> game right now. So based on my score prediction, which we'll get to. Oh, jeez! I've uh, got to stay consistent with that. I can't be. I can't be saying one thing and then uh, predicting. Yeah, it. you're very else.
3: good because I had some <laughs> trick ones in here to see that. And actually, I'm looking at. I was going to ask you over under on the scores of each of the teams, but I thought no, that's that's kind of given the keys of the game and your that's, final uh, score right. and stuff like I
1: mean, that. That's okay. We can do that. I you can throw those in there, and then I can get. I can give okay, my specific. Okay, real quick, because
3: we'll go to a break. Then Wake Forest, 14. Over, under. Over. Notre Dame, 28, over, under. 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 So that's back to where you're saying the close but game. The line right now... Seven, um, isn't
1: it? It's it, Yeah, what, I think it opened at eight, and then the total points was like 60. So yes, they, right. It, was, it yeah. was looking at a lot of the predictions. Some of the simulators I saw were, were like low 30s for each team. hmm Which...
3: You think it's going to be much lower than that.
1: Yeah, yeah. who knows? It could surprise me. It's a noon kickoff, you know. The magic happens at the noon kickoff.
3: <laughs> you know what? And maybe it's going to be a different team. We've been home every week, you know. does what? Real quickly, what did away games like? Did you ever play three home games in a row at home? And then if you can remember, you're too old remember. to remember that now. <laughs> I, I mean,
1: I, I liked uh, road games. I remember um, you telling me
3: that. So yeah. most players do. Don't they like to get out? I saw yeah. Nick Wisher said today that he, he really likes getting out. You know,
1: there you can, this is a... Uh, a young hip term. You can get lost in the sauce here in South Bend during oh game weekends. That's gracious. Okay. You can get lost in the sauce a little <laughs> bit. And, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, it's, you, there's a c- high comfort level when you play in South Bend. Mm-hmm. It's what you know. You know, it's, it's what you went through camp. Um, so I always liked switching things up when we would go on the road. And really what you approach it and treat it like is a business trip. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I think for me, it was easier to focus because there weren't as many distractions. Now, the noon kickoff as a player, I loathed. Now being in media, I love it. Oh, yeah. But as a player, uh, you know, I liked going on the road and I liked playing at night. Um, So the entire schedule is a little bit different when you're playing at noon. You know, the the start time or the wake-up for breakfast or pregame meal changes when you need to get taped is all sped up. So the concern... Outside of the physical, the physical you know, execution on the field today is mentally, are they awake and and, and, and locked in and focused? Um, and it may take someone kind of getting on the guys or a guy getting on the rest of the team. You know, whether it's in the locker room or right before the game to make sure that. You're,
3: you're, you're there. <laughs> that you're not lost in the sauce. <laughs> well, or my daughter would say, Dad, don't be a Sheeb. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is WSBT's game day, live from the WSBT studios in Mishawaka. We'll be right back on your home for Indianapolis Colt football and Michiana sports leader, WSBT. This is former
0: tight end Robin Weber. My job was to catch footballs. Yours is to catch every Notre Dame game right here on your home for fighting Irish football, WSBT.
1: The Game Day Show is brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Together we can stop hunger. Learn more at FeedIndiana.org. GolfStreamCoach.com. Looking for exceptional trainees to learn the RV business. Hearing aid service. Providing you quality, affordable, digital listening solutions you can (coughs) depend on. And hearth and home. Heat and glow and heat later fireplaces. We've got what's
3: hot. And what's hot and he's lost in the sauce. His former Irish quarterback, Evan Sharpley. This is Tim Growl. Hey, let's... uh, let me talk about how sharp you're looking there, man. And yeah. you and Darren on the inside Notre Dame uh, football. That's right.
1: So I had to up my game now that I, now I've got some TV stuff. Yeah. So I, I, my wife made sure that I didn't leave the house without a haircut, a shave, and a blazer.
3: As soon as I saw that, I told my wife. I said, "Yeah, Jackie, she dressed them. She did a good job, huh?" So technically, you're at the you're at the studio at the stadium for the home game. So now, yeah. what will happen for the away game?
1: We'll be at we'll be at the stadium um, as well. Yeah. So for the home games, we're in uh with the campus crossroads project you know they redid the whole outer side of the stadium they've got classrooms in there but there's a media center as well um and we're doing there's a studio in there what we what darren and i do with our producing staff we'll watch the game in the stadium in the studio on a tv um and we'll be able to come up with our highlight packages um you know we hey we want that play you know with Three so you different. have all
3: sorts of camera angles right. and everything three, too? We want, okay.
1: okay, we want three different angles for this one. Give us a little bit more time so we're able to kind of talk through the play and explain it. Um, so we come up with you know, our first... Quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter highlights. We'll run through those so that we just have a, you know, an idea of what exactly is is, is coming. And then for the home games, um, it's it's a lot of it is dependent because there's a live stream. So you could go to you know you can go to watchnd.tv, and you can see the live stream happening, which is it's kind of funny. Because we're always mic'd. It's a live stream you guys. Do, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I
3: didn't you didn't tell me that. Yeah. You
1: know what? So like there'll be there'll be times in there where Darren and I were waiting for, you know, a player interview and we're just kinda hanging out and there'll be a live stream usually and sometimes you can hear us. We might be talking. who knows what we might be talking about. You
3: guys know it's a family show though. Yeah, right?
1: we do. We, <laughs> we make sure to we make sure to keep it that way. So then you know, we'll have player interviews, Brian Kelly, um up usually up at the podium talking uh and then that's cut into a 20 to 25 minute show that's syndicated nationally that's aired tuesdays and then is posted on watch nd and youtube and so the big thing on that one is um jack nolan interviews brian kelly from his private locker room office right after the game and that's the only this that show is the only show that you can see that specific interview
3: is that a, a private room office that all the coaches in notre dame have had
1: I don't know. The, I was
3: just wondering if you ever were in well, the there, uh, in the there, coaches, the called to the coaches no, office. <laughs> I was not not in the
1: not in the game day locker room. Um, it, but there's been so many renovations to the locker room now. I mean, it, it's it's a totally different setup. It's all brand new compared to what what it was when I played there. That was only ten years ago. Um, but the you know the lounge there, which is where the media um, they spend some time, or at least they did a couple of years ago. Now there's a there's the new media spot for the the post game interviews. Um, so there are a lot of lot of updates, a lot of changes, uh, but it looks great.
3: Soundproofing in that room. Do you hear? Can you hear the crowd yelling, or is it just I, pretty much no? It's, contained. It's
1: it's, it's it's pretty contained. Um, but I mean, we we literally are out one door, down a hall, out another door, and we're in the concourse. Wow. So pregame, I'll I'll usually go and walk around a little bit. Um, sometimes go down on the field. And um, Darren went out, and there was a a hockey tribute. Um, and one Darren's of the gonna States, be there for that. Which Darren, he actually voiced that video. Oh, and then um, they had one of the one of the young kids who has been a big part of this team. Uh, he ran out of the tunnel, and the whole hockey team like picked him up and put him on their shoulder. Oh, which cool! Is a really neat moment. Yeah.
3: Wow. So you're liking that TV gig, huh? Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I mean, we're you know,
1: I've I, I missed Michigan because I was in Hawaii. Right. Um, so I've done two games. It's it's different. You know, he, here on radio. I don't necessarily have to make eye contact with you. I can I can talk and I can look wherever I want. You know, I close my eyes. And we can dress
3: everywhere. Yeah,
1: come in here, come in here with sweatpants on. So, you know, the the it's been it's been learning and understanding how you know how the show is produced. Um, having continually having kind of someone in your ear while you're talking, which that happens a little bit on radio, but it, it happens more on TV, and especially with the way our show goes because the home games are. It's very much live. It's and, fluid, man. It's just there, going. And there are some times, too. And, and Darren's doing a really good job of, of keeping the flow going. We gotta, we've, we've got some, some downtime where we're, okay, here's what we're going to talk about while we wait for an interview with Brandon Winbush or Ian Booker. Okay, we've got we've to you know, fill some more time here. We've got to vamp a little bit until Brian Kelly comes up to the podium. So right. that part has been, it's been fun. It's been, it's, I mean, it's, that's been the biggest change. Is, is that aspect of it.
3: Well, I have a face for radio, so that's why I'm here <laughs> on radio. So we're going to uh, take our last break and come back with uh, Evan's keys to the game. We'll wrap it up. We're on WSBT's Game Day.
1: The Game Day Show is brought to you by Kirk Outdoor Living, Leck Lightner Door, State Farm Agent Tim Grau for all your insurance needs. Call Tim at 232-9981. United Beverage, Wings, etc., and Zolman's Tire and Auto.
3: All right, Evan, let's have a little fun here at the end. And pardon me, Jack Nolan. I'm going to uh, take uh, your rapid fire. I guess Darren and Sean did, uh, does this too. But here we go, buddy. We're going. Favorite movie.
1: Favorite movie. Whew. man! I don't one. I just got to pick one. The only one. I'm. I like, would say this TV show I'm watching right now. I'm watching Maniac.
3: Well, the next one's favorite TV show. Oh, The Office. Office, okay. No doubt about that one. Favorite go-to food? Pizza. Thin or deep dish? All the pizza. <laughs> Usually thin. <laughs> That's me. I've thin. never met a pizza I didn't like. Yeah. Usually thin. Favorite vacation spot? Italy. <coughs> Not Hawaii where you were just at?
1: I'm, I like Italy. I like Tuscany.
3: All right. Uh, favorite training exercise?
1: Training exercise. Hmm. Oh, the prowler. Those are the sleds. I'll push Is and that, pull those bad boys all day. I won't run. Not a big fan of running. But if, if you ask me to push and pull some stuff, I'll do that.
3: Wow. That's a, that's a good challenging one. Playing or watching football? And well, now.
1: Probably, <laughs> probably watching it now. Uh, but I'll still, I'll still mix it up. I'll go out there. I uh, played in an alumni football game, what, three or four years ago? Yeah, yeah. I well, was pretty sore after that.
3: I was going to say, uh, believe me, I can attest to the fact that three or four years, your body can change yeah. a lot. All Reco- right. Recovery
1: time is takes a lot longer.
3: Here's a good one. What color would you attest to the blue zone if you wasn't called <laughs> the blue zone? What color would you... I don't.
1: I don't know. I've never heard the blue zone or the white zone until this year. It's brand new. I had new, new people
3: on the phone last night too. I was talking to. They said they had no idea what that was. Well, here's so.
1: what here's what needs to happen for the next home game is <coughs> those areas just need to be painted for us so we know. Go. Yeah, I mean, paint it. Paint. You got the. Here's the white zone. You have it labeled. You got the, here's the blue zone. Here's the red zone. It will take all of all of the confusion out, so we know those areas and then who's playing in those areas too. (laughs) All right. So let's have no
3: confusion with your keys to the game.
1: All right, they're going to be the the same three that I normally talk about. Um, Number one is going to be red zone scoring, or however many zones scoring that we're talking about, Um, and not necessarily (laughs) just settling for field goals. Um, Although getting points is going to be really important. Scoring touchdowns. So red zone efficiency, and then defensively making sure that if teams are getting in there, Notre Dame has been kind of a bend but don't break, getting out of there. Um, Third down conversions, both offensively and defensively, staying. on the field offensively, getting off the field defensively, and then turnovers. Being able to protect the ball offensively, and then this defense has done a good job of creating some timely turno- turnovers. So I'm looking at red zones, uh, third down, and then turnovers. And I'm going a low-scoring game still. Um, I, I know a lot of people are predicting a little bit more uh, scoring today, but I'm looking in the 24-16 range. Still a Notre Dame victory, though, in 4-0. All
3: right. I might be texting you, because I'm down coaching a soccer team down in Indianapolis at game time, so I'm going to have to get my lifeline, and that'll be you. <laughs> Evan, I want to thank uh, Matt Embry here in the studios for uh, doing all the controls and keeping us going here. And it's an early morning, and we thank you for joining us for breakfast. Don't go anywhere; it's Notre Dame-Wake Forest coverage continues right after the news. It's Dara and Sean and Eric with everything you need to know about today's matchup on Budweiser's Game Day Sports Beat. Immediately following them, it's the Notre Dame tailgate and pregame show. Then it's kickoff just afternoon with the broadcast team of Paul Burmeister, Ryan Harris, and Jack Nolan. And after the game, join Sean Styers and Reggie Brooks for the official postgame show. Join us next week at 3 p.m. in our preparation for the Stanford game. We'll be back on the porch at the Ivy Court with Ross Browner and members of the 1973 championship team. Come on by for photos, autographs, and Fisher's Tips and Chips. Or listen right here on your home for Fighting Irish Football, 961 WSBT. For Evan Sharpley, this is Tim Growl. Go, Go Irish! Irish.